is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. There is something. Actually, what lies behind that giving action is a value. And the value here is generosity. Because right at the heart of this, we have a generous God. Amen? Now that is worth an amen, I think. We have a generous God. Amen. In fact, we have a very generous God. And how else can you describe somebody who created the world, everything that we see around us, sends us his son to solve the problem of the mess we've got into? That's pretty generous. Would you agree? It is, isn't it? We have a very generous God. God's heart is generous. For God so loved the world, John 3.16, that he gave his one and only Son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. At the very core of his being, God is generous. Right at the very heart of God, he's generous. And I'm assuming that most of us this morning want to become more like him. Is that a fair assumption? I'm guessing that's a, that's a fair assumption for most, if not all of us this morning. We want to become more like him. This is one area that we can become more like God in. Because God is a generous God and he wants us to be a generous people. It's to do with our hearts. It's to do with what God is doing inside us. So actually, to be generous applies to much more than just money. It's a whole attitude of life thing, isn't it? What we do with our time, what we do with our relationships, what we do uh, with our money, yes, but also with what God has given to us. So let's aim to be a generous people. Let's ask the Lord to help us grow in generosity. Allow the Holy Spirit to lead you, to prompt you in this. Yes, in money, but with other resources as well. Who knows, this week God might speak to your heart about being generous to a particular individual or a particular situation or circumstance, saying, you could be generous here. You could bless here. Because God's heart is to bless and be generous. He wants our heart to be generous as well. So let's talk for a little bit more specifically about money. And that issue. Let's read a few verses of scripture together. Some of you will be thinking, when's you going to open the Bible? Now is the answer to that question. Right now. In 1 Corinthians chapter 16. So if you'd like to scroll, click, or turn to it, that would be good. 1 Corinthians chapter 16. We'll read the first four verses together. This is Paul writing to the church in Corinth. Okay, that's what's going on here. That's the, the background to it. And he says, now about the collection for God's people, do what I told the Galatian churches to do. On the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with his income, saving it up so that when I come, no collections will have to be made. Then when I arrive, I'll give letters of introduction to the men you approve and send them with your gift to Jerusalem. If it seems advisable for me to go also, they will accompany me. So in these few verses of 1 Corinthians here, we've got Paul talking about an offering that he wanted the Corinthian church to make. 
And I know it's a specific thing that he's talking about, but it does have some general principles in here that will help us and serve us and um, enable us to grow in generosity. It's clear, isn't it, that what he's saying to the Corinthians, he's already said to the Galatians, he starts off by saying, doesn't he, now, about this collection, do what I told the Galatian churches to do. So this is not just a one-off bit of advice. Clearly, this is Paul's model. He's, he's told the Galatians to do this already. He may well have told others to do it as well. We don't know. But he's saying, do the same thing that I've told them to do. So they're not some random thoughts here from Paul. Actually, they're tested principles. So what does he say about giving? Well, we don't have loads of time this morning, but we've got time for a few P's. The letter P, that is. So we'll have a few points beginning with the letter P. Okay? So number one, what does this passage say about our giving? Firstly, it says it should be periodic. Periodic. That's our first P. On the first day of every week, Paul is saying it should be a regular practice for us. Now, it's not wrong to react to specific requests or specific situations. That's fine. What Paul is talking about here is something more regular, more part of our lives. It should be a regular occurrence. It's not just a one-off exercise, not just an emotional response to an appeal, but rather something that is thought through and is planned. So whether it's once a week or once a month actually comes down more to when you're paid, if you're paid. If you earn a salary or a wage, it's really to do with how often you get that. That's what he's saying here. With some degree of regularity, probably when you receive your income, periodically, that's the time to give. That's the time to do it. And getting into the habit of doing that regularly is a good habit to get into. It's a good discipline to get into. It helps us to grow in generosity. Secondly, our second P is this. It's personal. It's personal. Paul says, every one of you. So that's everybody. That's everyone that's included. That's, nobody's left out of that statement, are they? It's not every one of you apart from, or just a few of you, or it's not to the rich among you. He's saying, every one of you, actually, is personal. We've all got a part to play. Paul isn't just speaking to the wealthy. He's speaking to everybody here. This is so important for us to realize. Because it's a heart issue, it's not about the number of pounds. We'll get to proportions in a minute. It's a clue for what's coming. But actually, it's about our heart. So whether you earn a whole load of money, well, really not very much at all, isn't the issue for Paul here. And it isn't the issue for us either. Actually, what Paul is saying is, you've all got a part to play. Because as we give to the Lord, we recognize in the proportion that we give, in giving something back to him, we recognize that it all belongs to him. It's all his anyway. And we're giving a part of it back to him. And we can all do that. Because it's personal. Every one of you. Remember, the issue here is not the size of your salary, it's the size of your heart. And all of us have a part to play. Number three, it's planned. 
Paul says, set aside. That requires some planning and some thoughts and some, you know, some process to the exercise, doesn't it? It's not just a matter of, you know, the offering bucket would go round or whatever they might use and there will be a, a mass scrabbling for loose change in everyone's pockets or handbags. If you women scrabble for change in your handbags, I've learned never to delve into a woman's handbag. I think I got lost the last time I tried it. It took me three days to come out again. But, you know, it's not, it's not a sort of a, a random sort of fumbling around for some loose change. He's saying it should be planned. Think about it in advance. Planned giving is thoughtful. Planned giving has been prayed about. Planned giving, if you're married, has probably been discussed with your husband or wife. In fact, not probably, definitely been discussed with your husband or wife. Proverbs chapter 21, verse 5 says, The plans of the diligence lead surely to advantage. But everyone who is hasty comes surely to poverty. It's good to plan things. It's good to prepare for things, to set aside, to help us to grow in generosity. And Paul then says it should be proportional. That's our next P, proportional. It should be in keeping with his income, he says. It's a proportional thing. So the a common question that I get asked that I'm sure you may have asked at different points of time, or maybe people have asked you, is how much should I give? I think a better question is how much should I keep? Because it reverses it around. Remember our starting point here is Psalm 24. We've read it already. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. And in case we need further convincing, 1 Chronicles chapter 29, verse 11 says this, Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven and earth is yours. That's pretty all-encompassing, really, isn't it? Everything in heaven and earth is yours, Lord. That is pretty all-encompassing. Yours, O Lord, it goes on, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. You and I are just stewards. We're just looking after some stuff for a short period of time. And how long that period of time is, is actually determined by the Lord himself. But actually, in the great scheme of things, it's a short period of time that he allows us to look after some things for. It's like we've got it on loan from him, because it's all his anyway. Now, that's not the attitude of the world around us. The attitude of the world around us, the culture says, you've earned it, you keep it, it's yours. Actually, the culture says, you've earned it, earn more, keep more, get more, you know, acquire more, get into debt more, very often. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible has got a lot to say about how much we should give, actually. Sometimes we, people can think, or we can think, actually, it's just about tithing, which is what the Old Testament people of God did. They gave 10% of their, of their income actually, of the fruits of their, <laughs> of their crops as well. And that was enshrined in Old Testament law. There were blessings attached to tithing and curses attached to not tithing. It's pretty serious. But as Christians, we know that we're not bound by Old Testament law in, in that way now. So how should it apply to us? Well, it's easy to think, oh, it's not relevant to us now. We can just dismiss it completely and forget about it. Well, actually, the first time we see tithing in the, in the Old Testament is actually before the law was given. Theologians call it pre-law. It was when Abraham gave a tenth of everything to the priest Melchizedek, some six or seven hundred years 
before the law was given to Moses. Actually, before that law was given. And in the New Testament, Jesus had lots of opportunities to dismiss the idea of tithing if he wanted to, but he didn't. But what he seemed to do was build on it. At one point, he castigated the Pharisees for, um, for tithing their herbs and spices, but neglecting justice. It's like, it was fine you're going to do that, but there's more. You need to be um, attentive to some other things as well. He could have said, don't worry about the tithing, but he didn't. But he sort of built on it and went further. And actually, that's really what the New Testament does. It builds on this principle. And so actually, if it was right for the Old Testament people of God to give 10% as a proportion, how much more have we received from the Lord? We sang this morning, Chris brought a wonderful word about grace. How the grace of God that we've received. It's amazing, isn't it? So much more have we received from the Lord now. Actually, shouldn't we be seeking to give God even more and honouring him even more with what we have? So I think actually that tithing principle is a good principle to build on, not out of some law, but saying, Lord, it's all yours anyway. I want to give a proportion to you. I want to honour you with my finances and everything you've given me. That seems like a good starting point, but I want to go further. Out of God's grace and being empowered by his spirit. Not out of some, the law says this, I must do that. But actually out of a heart that has been captured by God and wants to respond to him. Has your heart been captured by the Lord? Do you want to respond to him? If we're not careful, we can get into the attitude of giving God the bare minimum. Almost what what can we get away with? Actually, our heart should be one of generosity to the Lord because he's been generous to us. And so for so some of you, 10% might seem like a massive stretch, might seem like a huge amount. For others of you, depending upon your circumstances or, or income, actually 20% or more wouldn't actually be that difficult. Might just depend on your current circumstances of life. In fact, if you do have a significant income, Have you ever thought to stop and ask God why it is that he's given you that income? Is it just to increase your bank account or your pension fund or your ISAs? Or is it actually to use for his purposes and his glory? Not that you shouldn't be blessed in your finances. God does want to do that. But actually, maybe it's for his purposes and he wants to do something with what he's given you to use. And so we need to pray. We need to ask God what it is that he wants us to do in response to his word. C.S. Lewis once said this about giving. This is a good quote. I do not believe, he says, one can settle how much we ought to give. I'm afraid the only safe rule is to give more than we can spare. Typical challenging C.S. Lewis. In other words, if our expenditure on comforts, luxuries, amusements, etc. is up to the standard common among those with the same income as our own, we are probably not giving away too little. If our giving does not, sorry, if our giving does not at all pinch or hamper us, I should say it is too small. There ought to be things we should like to do and cannot because our commitment to giving excludes them. It's challenging, isn't it? John Wesley said, earn as much as you can, save as much as you can, give as much as you can. That's a pretty good premise to go by, isn't it? And then finally, our giving should be purposeful. Giving should be purposeful. Paul says, when I come, no collections will have to be made. 
He's saying that our giving should be purposeful. And I suggest that our giving, our primary place of giving should be to the local church that we're part of. Because that's where we're fed spiritually. That's where the community that we're part of, that's the family that God has uh, drawn us into. That's where our giving should be directed. Now, obviously, if we've got extra discretionary income on top of that, there may be other things you want to support. And that's great. There are a whole bunch of things that you could do that. One Christian ministry says this on its website under the subject of giving. It says in big heading, don't give us your tithe, exclamation mark. It says, whilst we depend on the generous gifts of our supporters, we encourage our friends to support their local church commitments first. If the Lord provides you with discretionary funds beyond that, we will be grateful for your help. That's a good attitude, actually. It's a really good attitude. So as we finish, let me ask you a question. How are you doing with your giving? How's your heart? Would you describe yourself as generous? Would others describe you as generous? How's your heart this morning? It's worth saying that for some of you, you may want to respond to this message this morning. You might want to do that even straight away. You think, actually, I do want to give. I want to maybe adjust what I give or uh, change the standing order, or however it might be for you. Others of you might think, I want to do that, but you know what? That's just a massive step. I'm not quite sure how to get there. I understand that. We've got some people being trained at the moment by Christians Against Poverty, CAP, uh, to become CAP money coaches, uh, to help people with budgeting and uh, honouring God in their finances. And they're going through some training at the moment. And so there will be people around Jubilee very soon who can help you if you're thinking, actually, I want to get my finances in order. I want to be able to give. I want to be able to do all this stuff. But right now it just seems like a complete, you know, I'm not sure where to start. There'll be some people around very soon who can help you in that process and help you really practically. If you do give already, and I know many of you do, then I want at this point to say thank you. Thank you for giving. Thank you for standing with us. Thank you for honouring God with your finances. Thank you for being generous. That enables us to do a whole bunch of stuff and to advance God's cause both in this city and beyond as well. So thank you for your commitment. I don't know what people give individually, so I can look at anyone and nobody could think, oh, he's getting at me, because I just don't know. Uh, we get wonderful reports from Steve, our treasurer, on a monthly basis, and uh, we know what income we've had, and we know where the money goes, but we don't know who gives. And uh, that means that I can preach about it, and no one can say, oh, he's getting at me. Well, maybe if you feel a, a tug of your spirit, perhaps it's the Holy Spirit speaking to you, because it's certainly not me, because I certainly don't know. It's worth saying as we, as we close that uh, in terms of our finances as a church, in terms of what we spend, everything is spent against budgets that have been approved in advance by our trustees, who are uh, John and Derek and Val and Steve. And uh, everything requires two signatories. Uh, the checks require two signatories. Everything's going to be paid out, has to be approved and, and authorised. It's done in a very well, very good way. And our accounts are independently examined every year. They're publicly available on the Charity Commission website. You can look for them if you so wish. I was talking recently to the, the company that does that for us. And uh, he, he said that, that Jubilee is in the top percentile um, for the quality of the accounts that we produce. So credit to Steve there, actually. And, uh, yeah, give a round of applause. Very good. And to our trustees, because they do a good job. They manage things well. And we want to do a good, good job in this because it honours God. It's right that we do a good, good job in this. 
So I want to encourage us not just to do a good job in these things, but to be honouring to the Lord and that we might grow together in generosity. Amen? Okay, let's stand. I'm going to pray as we close. Lord Jesus, we say again this morning that we want to grow as people who love you. We want to grow in our relationship with you. Lord Jesus, we want to grow in this area of generosity as well. And so we pray, oh God, would you speak to our hearts? Help us to grow in these things. Help us, Lord, to bring our our lives and our finances under your lordship. Lord, that you might be Lord of every area of our lives, including this. Be glorified in our personal finances, Lord. Be glorified in our finances together as your church. Lord, would we as individuals and together as a community honour you and be known as generous people. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.